Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Mike Haas, voice of the New Orleans Saints, and we want to make sure that the Saints win this evening so they will be there. For the next week and the following week and the week after that, obviously the Saints and the Rams meet Thursday night at SoFi Stadium, 7.15 p.m. Central Time kickoff. The Rams have won four of their last five. The Saints have won two straight uh, games, and the Rams hold the seventh and final playoff spot while the Saints are the second team out of the mix in the ninth overall position in the conference. Mike, things are tightening up. Yeah, seven and seven. Who'd have thought that seven and seven would be kind of the, the key number? And you know, I would say right now, with three games to go, the Rams sitting right now in that seventh spot means about as little as it can possibly be because there's they can go from seven to goodbye pretty quickly. Uh, they can solidify their chances with the women token the Saints. The, the the probability math of this game is very important. The team that wins this game, the probability of them making the playoffs increases substantially. The loser of this game, it drops, does not drop to zero, but it drops significantly. It is a, it's an important game because there's only three left for the Saints. It's a conference game, and then they go to division. And, yeah, the Rams are playing. You know, they've won four of their last five, and – the, that loss was a loss against Baltimore where Baltimore had to score in the, in the final two minutes just to kind of get it to overtime. Then the Rams went down, kicked the field goal, got it to overtime. And then a, a punt return. I mean, that, that, that game, the Rams could have easily won. This would be a team that had won five straight. And uh, it's not just that they're winning. They're, they're playing solid football. They're not turning it over. They're putting a ton of points on the board. You know, 33, 34 points is an average over their last five games. So this is, you know, this is it's it's one of those. It's not, you know, who you play, but when you play them. And but the Saints, you know, could be in that same boat. They play probably their most complete game against the Giants uh, in that in that victory and have won two straight. And you know, it's just you just. I think even with both teams, you don't know. I don't care if the Rams have won four of their last five. I don't think their fans are going, well, you know. I mean, it wasn't too long ago, you know, they they were struggling, struggling. So, I don't – the thing about Matt Stafford is that he can be really, really good. I mean, he's good. He is tough. And he's been playing really, really good and really, really well. And – but – some, and then every once in a while, he'll throw four clunkers at you, cons- consecutive games. And so it's 
I think a lot depends. And but from, from the Saints' standpoint, he he's not, you know, he's not Tommy DeVito. He's not, you know, Tyson Bagent. He he's not Joshua, you know, Dobbs. He's not going to be running the football all over the place. He's pretty much going to be in that pocket. Now he's smart. He gets rid of it fast. He's a smart guy. Um, you know, he's only been sacked 27 times. The, the team's only been sacked 27 times. That's fifth best uh, in the NFL. So even though he's a pocket passer, it doesn't mean he's going to get sacked a lot because he's a very smart guy, and he'll do whatever has to be done to get rid of the ball uh, without taking that sack. A couple of observations, and you comment on it. One, you've traveled with the Saints a lot. One of the things that always causes me concerns, these West Coast games are tough to to win, right? You mean from the, the travel standpoint? The travel, just, you know, the time differential, the you know, your body. I mean, it, 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 it does have an impact. It's just, you know, I think the, the, the biggest benefactor on the plus side is that this game is tonight. Like if, yeah. if this had been a, a short week and it was just, I'm not even thinking how that would be possible that you would play, you know, like a three or four o'clock game uh, on a Sunday, which would be one o'clock. Here, so it's, the kickoff is five fifteen. Here, we got in last night about six. It was dark, right? So it was. You got on the plane, and, and then it was light. Got off, and it's dark. You go right to the hotel. But today allows you that kind of get, get everything kind of back time wise. I don't think I don't think the time change in the flight. Um, I mean, it's tough just because you've had four days to to get your bodies healthy and you know we've talked to their their team sports science director matt ray and he's like that's not and we can that can happen that's two to three days you, and your body can be back um it's it's really the condensed on the field work now the rams have the same problem right everybody's just yeah, doing walkthroughs nobody's doing anything the rams didn't have to travel but it's still uh walkthroughs right and you know, so you, it, but it's also, you know, you're you're week sixteen here, so um, you're able to. What's changed, right? You're not, I mean, you don't have fifteen new plays that you're putting in at this juncture of the season. So, I hate to use this phrase because it, it's it's uh, used a ton, but it is what it is, and you are who you yeah. are. And uh, the Saints, if can if they can continue to do what they've done, which is you know, be efficient in the red zone. Don't turn it over. Carr hasn't been sacked. Carr now, you know, if his completion rate has always been outstanding in the last seven games, but it, now it's for 15 yards over the middle. Now it's for 18 yards to, to A.T. Perry. You get Olave back. I think that the field has opened up more for him. And as Derek said uh, in your sports break, that, you know, it's everybody's just doing their job. When everybody does their does their job uh, on this football team, uh, this is a good football team. Uh, offensive line has played phenomenally well. They're going to be without Ryan Ramchek again. That is not good. Landon Young stepped stepped up and filled in, and I would say the offensive line last week probably had one of its best games against a giant defense that is known for for coming at the quarterback. It's also known for turnovers, um, and so it's kind of the same thing tonight. You and I have said this many times, timing is everything. For the Rams, um, you know, Cup is back. Nakua is back. Um, who's the other, the tight end? Um, Higby. 
uh, Higby. Also, yeah, Higby. Yeah. He he's back because uh, they, they had a lot. Of, they had a lot of folks out injured, and they all seem to be back for for this game. <laughs> unfortunately, um, yeah, which, which, and they've been playing which, so well. Which gives the quarterback a lot of options. Right. Yeah. Tyler Higby's the is one of the tight ends. They've got a rookie tight end, Davis Allen. Uh, they get Tutu Atwell back. He was out. So the 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 real tough guys to in the last few weeks have been Demarcus Robinson and Cooper Cup and uh, Puka Nakua as well. But if you look at just the last three games, Cooper Cup and Demarcus Robinson each have had a touchdown in the last three games. And Pukunakua, good gosh, he's done just about everything. I mean, he is the team leader in receptions and yards and in top rookie targets. I mean, he is, uh, you know, he has been the guy. I mean, he's got 87 receptions. Cooper Cup has 49. Um, he's been the guy from a rookie standpoint. So there's, there's, and then you get Tutu Atwell back. He, he was out with a concussion protocol. So that is four really, really. Uh, challenging receivers beyond Tyler Higby, and we haven't even talked about the, the running game and Kyron Williams. And Kyron Williams has eight rushing touchdowns and three receiving touchdowns. That's a that's a ton. And one of the things about this Rams offense that I think is most important from the Saints standpoint are there is their ability for explosive plays, and you've got to figure out a way to you know, contain that a bit. Passing the football, the Rams have 56 pass plays that have been plus 20, and that's fourth best wow. in the NFL. They've got another 10 running plays of plus 20. So that's 66 explosive plays uh, of, of, of plus 20. Uh, from a comparison standpoint, the Saints have 40 plus 20 and three running. So it's not that the Saints don't have the ability to do it. They do. I just think it's a bigger point tonight that they've got to contain the Rams ability to have uh, explosive passes. I don't think the Saints have to have this. The Saints can continue with what they're doing, use the middle of the field, you know, 15, 18 yards. It was really the three yard outs and the, and the dump offs that were, that were hurting them offensively and then when you get in the red zone just find jimmy graham and that seems to be working pretty well he's another guy who's got a touchdown in his last three games when you get there you know i i know where he is because i know i it's, it, it's a funny thing how that has changed in the recent weeks when 80s on the field i i now I'm, I'm cognizant of that he's on the field and where he is and i feel like if i'm doing that the other team's doing that and that's going to make Jawan Johnson better. That's going to make Olavi better and, and everybody else better because they are now, oh, there's there's Jimmy. And I'm not sure if that was happening before. And then he was on the field some, but he wasn't being targeted. But now I think you have to actually almost like Taysom. Like, where's Jimmy and where's Taysom? Taysom didn't have a very good game last week against the Giants. I'm hoping he can have a much bigger impact today. He didn't, didn't have a lot of opportunities against the Giants, but – Man, you know, I feel like he and Jimmy Graham and, you know, Alvin just being Alvin uh, can can push this team along. It's going to be a close game, you know. But who, but, who, who, but Alvin, Al, Alvin could be the highlight, right? Because doesn't this defense, I think I was reading somewhere, they, they have a lot of five-man fronts. Uh, yeah. And, and they've had difficulty. One of them, one with, of them being with, Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah, but they've had difficulty with, you know, similar type, 
running backs, uh, McCaffrey, and I forgot who else they mentioned, uh, you know, at the start of the season that, that racked up a lot of yards for him. I mean, if we can get Alvin in, into, um, you know, the, the, the rotation uh, as such and, and, and really peel off some yards, I mean, that could be a big difference maker for him this evening. Yeah, they're, defensively they're not like, <clears throat> you know, you know, ranked. They're, they're, they're not ranked very good running, the, you know, stopping the run. Uh, they, you know, they're 14th in the NFL stopping the run. They're 18th in the NFL against the pass. You know, they're 18th overall yards per game. 19th points allowed per game. So they're not like, you know, these stunning numbers defensively. Most of those numbers come where they are offensively, um, you know, like explosives. And on third down, they're the ninth best team. Uh, they have, you know, fifth best in, in turnovers. But the the Saints, you know, as far as turning the ball over, they're 12th best. They've, 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 they've had 17 um, turnovers and the defensively, the Saints have 22 turnovers. So that, you know, 14 interceptions, 22 turnovers for the Saints defense, and the Rams have eight interceptions. That's that's not been kind of their thing. Eight interceptions, 12 turnovers. That, that 12 turnovers is 30th in the league. So their defense has not been opportunistic. But you're right. If, if Alvin, you know, we just we just count. I just start the game figuring Alvin's going to have a hundred plus line of scrimmage, right? 50 some rushing 60 some receiving, but I do feel like he's kind of due for a breakout game running the football. And maybe this is it. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Cause I think that could be the difference maker. And it seems to open a whole lot of things up. It's amazing though. Uh, and you and I have talked about this before. How many of these teams that we've played were so evenly matched in so many different aspects of the game, right? And it just yeah. it comes right down to execution, plain yeah. and simple. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. The Saints, it's kind of weird. This is a weird stat, and I, I don't know why I find such weird stats, but the Saints have had the same number defensively, sacks of their opponent for the last three weeks. When, and But it's getting better. When they played Carolina week 14, the Saints defense had 19 sacks. Carolina had 19 sacks. That was 30th best in the NFL. So then they play the next week. The Saints have 23 sacks. The Giants have 23 sacks, 29th best in the NFL. Now you get to the Rams, Saints have 30 sacks. They had a big week last week. They had seven sacks. Well, the Rams have 30 sacks. Exactly the same number. <laughs> both, but now they're, so they're, but they're 24th in the league. So they went from 30th in the league to 24th in the league. Uh, in three weeks, but I just never seen that both teams defensively having the exact same number of sacks for three straight weeks. Um, But if the Saints keep getting seven, that'll take care of itself. (laughs) And they'll they'll, they'll keep climbing climbing the ladder. And this defense has played well, and people will meet the next response. Well, yeah, Carolina and the Giants. Well, it is what it is. And defensively the saints have done well down the stretch cam jordan has always done very well in december and january defensively uh what what can you ask more than no touchdowns in the last two games you know five points in the second half of the last seven games so if you can, can keep doing that defensively you know that's the strength against strength this saints defense and how well it's playing against the rams offense that can be very explosive 
Is the are the Rams the kind of game that um, you never want to get a slow start, but with some teams it's more important not to than others. Where would you put this with the Rams? Because you know his I would put the, it, the Saints put have it had a there. lot of slow starts, man. You know, right. they, because I, I would put it up there as as a let's don't do that because the Rams will t- are good enough, smart enough, talented enough, experienced enough to take full advantage. If you if and once they get you know ahead of steam and confidence, man, they're tough. Um, so this is not a team that you want to spot, you know, a, a quick turnover or something like that, like like Detroit, because they're good. They're good offensively, and they're going to take advantage of it. Um, and and so you cannot do that. I'm interested to see. I think the special teams is going to play kind of a, a big role. First off, three of the four special teams players not including long snappers are rookies three of the four the brand the saints are some of the best as far as punt return fifth best punt coverage kickoff coverage so that they're top 10 in all of those so their special teams of coverage units and returns with rashid shaheed awesome and he's back and hopefully much closer to 100 percent. the rams on the other hand have the worst punt coverage team 32nd the 2019 kickoff coverage, punt return 28th, kick return 31st. So I look at this game as maybe this is one of those games where if the Saints can, you know, block a punt or Shahid can peel one off and man, you flip the field or get a quick seven points from a special team standpoint. I think that kind of thing can be the difference. And once again, it's a strength for the Saints and it's a liability for the Rams. Can they take advantage of that? Absolutely. And those stats you were talking about, about chances getting into the playoffs, Next Gen says if the, uh, the Rams have a 52% chance going into this game. If they win, it increases to 73. But if they lose, it knocks them down to 15. The Saints uh, currently have a 41% chance. Um, and the game carries less relative weight, it says, but a win raises their likelihood to 70%, and a loss takes them down to 24%. Right. See what I mean? So because the Rams are, have, are, you know, they're, they're, they're looking at wild card only. The Saints yeah. are living in a world at 7 7 of still winning the NFC South, and that's why a win tonight does more for them because it you know, just increases your chances of the NFC South. And keeps them alive in a wild card thing, you know, which I never ever thought about, <laughs> you know, it was always, hey, just, maybe we can win the division. I've got all these folks texting me about why they lost all the other ones. All I can say is on any given day, <laughs> it's right, proven right. itself over and over and over again. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at this past week. You can look at anything. I mean, every, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Raiders lose three, nothing. And then they win 63, 21. Sure. Cause that makes perfect sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In my life, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be tuning in, guys. Have a good trip back, a good trip, and have fun in the game tonight. Look forward to it. Well, I do as well. And just so you know, it is pouring rain and has been pouring rain for two days here. So it only rains in Southern California when we come. So, I mean, it's just horrible. All righty. Have a safe trip back, Mike, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. Same to you, my friend. Thanks.
All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, folks. We are joined by the lieutenant governor of the great state of Louisiana, Billy Nungesser. Billy, I know you still got that Philco TV in your living room, right? (laughs) (laughs) How you doing, Noel? Doing great. Doing great. How about you? I'm doing great. Just uh, getting ready for the Rose Parade and uh, inauguration after that. And uh, looking forward to a good year in tourism. Y'all, y'all have got a, a, a busy schedule, and I know we're going to talk to you next week while you're out there uh, in Pasadena uh, with all the volunteers, but you guys are headed to Pasadena next Tuesday for the Rose Bowl Parade. Have y'all done the after-action on the um, Macy's Parade? Uh, not this year. We don't have the exact numbers yet, um, but to give you an idea, um, the last two years of Macy's and Rose – uh, had an estimated audience of right at 6.7 billion people wow. um, for an advertising value of a little over $64 million. That's huge. That's huge. It really is. And I, and I tell you, the thing we're most proud of is bringing representatives from all over the state, first the fair and festival queens, and this year music uh, ambassadors from all over the state, uh, we we have a satellite truck and and it's parked right in front as we build the float, and people are wanting to hear it leading up to the parade. But we give that avenue to we 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 do radio, TV, interviews all over the world from five in the morning till ten at night every day. Uh, all of these uh, tourism folks and musicians talking about their town, their city, what's special. So. Rather than just have the float and get that one-day wonder, uh, the whole week leading up to it, uh, we're all over the world talking about everything Louisiana while they're building that float in the background. So it's incredible exposure, and it really ups the return on investment for Louisiana. Now, you guys always uh, premiere the number of volunteers and and other folks that are uh, contributing. Um, How many volunteers this year? We have right over 100 signed up so far, uh, and we're still getting people every day signing up. Uh, We get a great group of LSU grads and Southern grads that live out there. Uh, So we get to have a reunion with some of the folks from Louisiana, and and as well as the Oregon donors has a float. And uh, last year there were two uh, Louisiana recipients of organs that rode. Uh, 
and uh, and the families, both the donor and the person receiving the donor, are out there. So it gives us a great chance to uh, to meet a lot of great folks and really interact uh, with Louisiana. And I tell you, real special, we found a little old lady in Pasadena. True story. I know that's a song, but she's from <laughs> New Orleans and she owns a beignet truck. And so every morning from five to nine. Uh, everybody decorating all the floats from all over the country come to eat Louisiana beignets in front of our float. Um, we, we, we serve those hot beignets, and they, they're waiting on them when she gets there at 5 a.m. And uh, and then at lunchtime, uh, we, we pick a day, and we feed great Louisiana seafood to everybody as well. Billy, I think uh, New Orleans and Company participating this year uh, for the first time as, as a sponsor as well, right? Right. We uh, we have uh, Lake Charles, North Shore, Tangibahoe, Shreveport, Bossier, Natchitoches, and Lafayette, as well as New Orleans for the first time. Um, you know, a lot of times, um, Noel, when you step out that first year, uh, all your naysayers are you're not going to get a return on investment, you're wasting money. So we've proven it works now, so it's it's been a lot easier for these partners around the state to say we want in. The exposure for our areas is greatly beneficial. And, you know, we promote Mardi Gras all over Louisiana, family-friendly, affordable Mardi Gras. And, and we're getting more and more visitors from out of the state and out of the country uh, that's going to Mardi Gras in Shreveport, Bossier, home of Morgan City, Mamou, Lafayette. And um, so we've got so much potential to grow Mardi Gras in every corner of the state. Uh, this These two parades right before Mardi Gras really helped boost attention for Mardi Gras. Billy, uh, back at home, I mean, big game uh, this um, New Year's Day with um, Texas and Washington. Uh, it looks like the numbers are going to be pretty rock solid. What are you hearing? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the Sugar Bowl uh, is, is, uh, is, is great for, for marketing. It's great for tourism. And, and no, let me clarify something. Uh, I did an interview at Channel 4 yesterday about the New Year's Eve celebration. Uh, mm-hmm. That was our, our – it was a state idea. And we approached them the first year to bring a central time zone event that night. And when we put that together, um, we had cutaways for an hour before the program, and, and we had cutaways to Lafayette. Baton Rouge, Shreveport. So we talked about celebrations all over Louisiana. Um, the deliverables have to make sense for us to invest money. And, and it knocked it out the park. The two years we did it, um, we had, uh, it was a little over $200 million, I believe, return on our investment. So it's huge. And it's huge because it's at a time of the year when you're saying, uh, this is my New Year's resolution, and you ask your wife, where are we going on vacation next year? So while people are thinking about next year, to have any chance to have Louisiana front and center is 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 is, is a great opportunity. So the people that say it didn't get a return on investment or it wasn't a good thing, it's not true. And we would gladly do it again. But what we've got to do is take the politics out of it we got to make it about what's best to promote tourism. You know, the year we pulled out, uh, the, the Lauren Daigle stopped to pray with some people in, in Jackson Square, and, and the mayor uh, 
told us she could not perform in New Orleans. So we rented a boat, the big boat, and we were going to do the show from Gretna and with New Orleans in the background. And she got wind of it and called Dick Clark or called the network and said, if you let her on TV, she incited a riot and all these horrible things. So they called us and said, we don't want to get in a controversy. Pick someone else. And, and that was unacceptable. So we pulled out. And um, the two years they did it, Don Leonard drunk wasn't a good showing for Louisiana, in my opinion. And the mayor and Big Frida dancing at Jackson Square, I don't think did much to promote tourism all over Louisiana. So those two years, I'd have to agree, it probably wasn't worth the investment, whatever they paid for it. But if we're able to partner with Allstate, the Sugar Bowl, a great Louisiana ambassador, and put on a show, and also the hour leading up to it, share it with other parts of the state, um, it's absolutely worth it. But we've got to take the politics out of it, let the experts put together a program that has benefit to all of Louisiana. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know where all of this has gone uh, crossways, but, you know, a lot, a lot of these things, as you well know, they don't come down for free. They're looking for you to cover all the operational costs, production costs, and otherwise. So you got to quantify what your return on your investment is going to be. And if it's not there, you just simply don't do it, right? It's, it's Absolutely. It's you know, every, everything we do, uh, we analyze it. And, and, and I'll tell you, you know, um, we should do that with everything we invest in. And, um, and look, we've, not everyone we've done has knocked it out the park. But, um, but if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't get the great returns we expect, then we don't do it again. Yeah. No, absolutely. You always got to revisit. You got to always reevaluate and validate whether or not you're achieving what you set out to achieve. Plain and simple. Absolutely. I mean, that's the difference between forward-leaning successful organizations and strategies and those that fail, right? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, was the question that we were working on while we were talking about this. Oh, New Orleans and company participating. Oh, we were talking about the Sugar Bowl. Um, you're hearing that, that numbers are good, hotel rate, uh, uh, room rate, occupancy rates are good. Is that what you're hearing? Absolutely. You know, the fans, uh, uh, and, you know, a lot of times the, the ripple effect, the tourism of people coming in and having a great time is important. And that's another added value when we do that live show on New Year's Eve. Uh, I remember being there and the fans packing uh, Jack's Brewery parking lot. So it's an added experience for them that they go home and tell people, wow, you got to go to New Orleans. The party's incredible. And then we also make sure we had Drago's Oysters on one year. Uh, we, we get to highlight local musicians. So all that benefit wraps up into making that weekend an incredible time for the visitors as well as the exposure. So um, hopefully there'll be enough events going on around Sugar Bowl. They do a great job uh, hosting parties and things to uh, make sure the experience for the visitors uh, knocks it out the park. Final thoughts, Billy? Um, you know, we got a lot of work to do before Super Bowl next, the next Super Bowl. We put up billboards in Vegas this year that say, look, the Super Bowl might be here, but the party's always in New Orleans. See you next year. Uh, hopefully we can come together and clean up this city and, and make a real good presentation. 
Uh, we're looking forward to another great year in tourism. And um, wish you and your family a Merry Christmas in all Louisiana and a Happy New Year. Thank you, Billy. And the same uh, to you. And uh, we hope to see you uh, around some of the uh, inauguration festivities for sure. And uh, we will visit with you while you're out in Pasadena next week. So we look forward to that as well. Thank you, Neil. All righty. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-1870 on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line. Stay with us. Welcome back, folks. The Saints battle the Rams in Los Angeles tonight, and our game day coverage starts at 3 p.m. Join Mike Dettelier and Charlie Long for the Bet365 first take. Time to check in from your tailgate party. And at 5 o'clock, you can go right over there to Manning Sports Bar and Grill. For countdown to kickoff with Bobby Abair and Steve Geller, plus the father of the first family of football, Archie Manning is going to be there. What a quality man he is. Come out and party with the two Saints legends. Kickoff, of course, is at 7.15 p.m., and you can turn down your TV and sync up to the home team, Deuce McAllister and Mike Haas. Then after the game, sound off on the Ciroc point after with the Cajun Cannon. Bobby A. Bear, Saints at Rams, primetime on Thursday night football on WWL and live on the free Odyssey app. Just say Google or Alexa, play WWL. And also, don't forget, tomorrow I have the pleasure of Santa joining me on the show from 10 to 1. We would love to hear from your grandkids, your kids, or otherwise as to what they desire that Santa bring them. And we want to find out whether or not their parents have been naughty or nice or anyone else. And you would be surprised some of the responses that we get on that show. It's a lot of fun. Uh, You will not regret listening to all three hours of Santa uh, tomorrow. We really look uh, forward to it. We'll be right back after the break. We'll check in with Scoot to see what he has coming your way. So stay with us. Scoot's up next, and he joins us. What do we have coming up, Scoot? It's game day. We will talk about the Saints and the Rams tonight. Both teams are 7-7. Seven and seven. Both teams fighting to get in the playoffs. I'm feeling good about the game. But, you know, the Rams are going to be a, a, a tough uh a tough opponent. Also, um, Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey is talking about how he doesn't want to chase Taylor Swift away. We'll tell you what he's concerned about coming up. Of course, you never got to talk about uh, Taylor Swift. Right. <laughs> he's got a great lineup coming your way, folks. Stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed today's show. See you tomorrow. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.